Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshta, and today our guest speaker is Julian Vargas. Julian Vargas is a consultant here in Los Angeles, and he has tremendous experience in the field of assistive technology. So welcome to the show, Julian. Thanks for having me on again, Dr. Bill. It's always a pleasure. Yes. You know, I can't wait for this lecture all the time because there's so many more things to learn about. And uh, first of all, Julian, would you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background? I'm uh, partially uh, blindsided, however you want to call it. I, I have a condition where my vision is deteriorating as, uh, as time goes by. So uh, I've been in a transition over several years now of really just going over the, the blindness methods of doing things. So uh, when I use technology, uh, I especially uh, today's modern touchscreen technology, I use my screen curtain on, I do all the blindness methods. So, And that's generally how I teach it as well, because I figure that most people who I'm teaching are either already totally blind or at some point going to uh, get there. Or in some cases, maybe the lighting or such is, not be able to rely on their vision the way they did when it's optimal. So uh, that's kind of how I do things and how I teach. Wow. How has this transition been for you? Because I know for me, uh, when I went from having a normal vision to being partially sighted and then being totally aligned, uh, it really was very, very difficult. But when I learned that there were all of these other tools that I could use to do everything, it, it made things so much. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's not without its challenges because uh, that wouldn't be true. Uh, there are moments of frustration and such, but, you know, it's it's almost like a daily learning experience where I'm suddenly realizing, oh, I can't see that landmark the way I used to once upon a time, so now i got to find a different one. Or I can't rely on this method, which relied more on vision, so now i got to find a, another way of, of accomplishing the task. So that, that's what I focus on. And I'm extremely thankful to the technology that we have today, the, the knowledge that's out there today, the wonderful people that exist in, in our community and our local organizations that are just there, and we all kind of help each other out. So it makes this transition not nearly as uh, painful as it could be. Yes, I agree. And I feel that the low vision community is really so, so generous in that they're very willing to share their knowledge and their recommendations, and it's very, very helpful. Yeah, I, I find the same thing as well. The first question I have, Julian, so tell me, thus far, um, I'd like for you to tell us what is really the most significant assistive technology, whether it's a, a cell phone application or it's a standalone device that you have found to be available and new uh, for those who are totally blind, and we'll later we'll get into those devices for people who are partially sighted. But are you able to rank it, or is it pretty close to what has been the most exciting device this year? Well, it's really hard to say. I mean, there's always new things coming out, but I I find that in general I, I tend to get more excited about the things happening in the mainstream side of, of technology because after all that's really what the rest of the world is using 
And the fact that we keep getting better and better accessibility to the mainstream technology, the the, the ways of communicating, the ways of, of becoming part of and connecting with our community, uh, that for me continues to be the, the significant thing. The fact that uh, I can go into the Apple store and buy the same phone that a sighted person buys and uh, and be able to use it out of the box without having to, to pay money to have a, an additional software put in or have it modified in any way, uh, th- that kind of being put on equal footing, I think is you, you can't measure the, the significance of that because it's it's wonderful. And what is an example of an advi- of a device that you have recently purchased? I'll tell you one that I just purchased, and it, it's not brand new. I think it's been out for maybe two years, but it is the Amazon Echo. And, uh, you know, that is the device there that I have it on my dining room table. And all day long, if I'm home, I'm talking to Alexa. Alexa, play the Beach Boys, Alexa, play the Sound of Music soundtrack. Alexa, play Eric Church. I, I, I never really knew who Eric Church was until yesterday when somebody suggested it, and uh, it's pretty darn good country music. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope that we don't have any of our listeners here listening on speakerphones that have one of those devices in the room, because you were probably driving them crazy now by saying yeah. name, but... But yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I bought the Amazon Echo shortly after it came out, as, as well as the Google Home when it was introduced. And frankly, I haven't seen the need to update them. There are much newer versions of them now. But for my needs, uh, the, the original versions of these devices are working quite well. And you're absolutely right. It, it, it has uh, it's been a game changer, especially for people who don't necessarily want to interact with a touchscreen all the time. Uh, you know, in the beginning, you need to have this access to the smartphone to set it up. But, you know, any friend or relative can come over and help set one up for somebody. And once it's set up, uh, you pretty much just talk to it, and it talks back to you and responds to what you want and plays the music you want, gives you the information you want, uh, looks up the recipes, uh, can get phone numbers for you. You can now use these things to make phone calls. So you can call uh businesses, restaurants, people in, in a contact list, if you manage one on there. So, yeah, in a way, it's kind of become the, the modern household telephone, if you want to think of it that way. Wow, well, I didn't know but, that. Uh, You're able yeah, to so make it, a it, phone it call? Yeah. How do you do that? You're actually able to make phone calls on it. Uh, you, and this is something you might have to go into the app and, and set up for the first time. But generally speaking, uh, you can say call so-and-so or call something. Before they, they did phone calls, they, they had a thing where you could talk to other Echo owners. So you had to go in and opt into it. But And if you set yours up to where people could drop in on you, you could do that. You can literally call to them and send them a voice message. They could respond back and all that kind of stuff. But they now have it so you can actually make phone calls on the thing. You just tell it to call such a business or call so-and-so, and uh, it'll make phone calls. It's pretty cool. Mm. Hey, Julian, are you also able to use it to listen to audiobooks? Like, I, I do purchase books from Are you able to listen to those types of books? Yeah, you can listen to Audible. Uh, in fact, I think Amazon owns Audible now, if I'm not mistaken. So, they own uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, don't they? And, and, and whatever they don't own, they will tomorrow. So, 
absolutely. You, you can you can play audible books on there. Uh, another thing that you can do is listen to popular podcasts, uh, and not just blindness ones, but uh, mainstream ones as well. You can tell it to listen to uh, uh, the Tech Guy podcast or something like that from Leo Laporte or All About Android or anything like that, and it'll play the podcast. Gosh, Sal, that's wonderful. Now, Julian, I know that there's different versions. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend told me he bought a smaller version of it. Is it in, I believe, is it called the Dart or the Dot? Yeah. You know, I remember uh, when I could name off all the different versions, and now they've just got so many of them that I can't name them anymore. But, yeah, basically <laughs> they have the uh, the Echo Dot uh, as well as the – and on the Google side, they have the Google Home Mini. So th- this is so for somebody who doesn't want a full-size device, maybe just something you keep on a nightstand or in some other room of the house. And generally speaking, especially with the dot, the speaker on the dot is not the greatest speaker. It doesn't have nearly the the the, the bass and, and, and full sound of the full echo. But the thing with the dot, though, is you can actually connect your own speakers to it. So some people will buy the dot and hook it up to their stereo. And now all of a sudden they can play their uh, Amazon Music uh, or Pandora or whatever services they've got linked to their um, echo account. And they can have it come out of stereo speakers, which is pretty cool. Now, Julian, can you tell everybody what is uh, one of the most cost-effective ways that you could actually have access to just literally thousands and thousands and thousands of records? I know, like, for example, um, I actually purchased Amazon Prime, which is a service that will deliver your packages uh, for free from Amazon, and there's a monthly right. fee. Uh, but are there other ways, or is that the way that you access all the music? Okay, as far as music services, um, there's, there's several of them now. Uh, Amazon Prime is one of them, and uh, when you have an Amazon Prime account, you do get access to a, a basic level of Prime music, and then they've got an add-on where you pay something like three or four extra bucks a month and that will actually give you access to even more uh, of their collection. I think it has something to do with the artists, and maybe the artists get paid a little bit more when they're on a certain tier, so obviously they have to pass that cost along somehow. So that's one way to do it. Uh, there are other the other music streaming services, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Music, or I think they just now rebranded that as YouTube Music, uh, uh, and they all pretty much kind of work on that model of where you pay a subscription per month and uh, you can stream all the music that you want. I think moving forward, that's kind of uh, the way that music is going. We're, we're not going to see so much of where you buy the, the music. I mean, heck, Best Buy just selling CDs a little while ago. So music on physical media is definitely a thing of the past. And even downloading music, which was very uh, hot for a while, that's slowly but surely kind of going away as well in favor of these music services. Because if you think about it, think about what you used to pay for one CD. Uh, you know, a CD used to cost what around fifteen, you know, bucks a month, ten to fifteen bucks a month, depending on, on who you got. And now, for about that same amount, for what you pay for one CD, you can basically buy access to untold numbers of, of music and artists and things like that. And you can play them as you want, when you want. 
Um, and you're effectively just imagine as, as if you bought a membership to Tower Records when Tower Records was around. Imagine that they had something like that where you could buy a membership and, and go listen to all the music you wanted to, except that now you don't have to go anywhere. It just comes straight to your device. So oh, for that uh, 10 to 15 bucks a month, uh, you, you, you get all the music you want right on your device. It is it is so enjoyable. I that's one thing that I could say that I really enjoy. Uh, excuse me, just for one moment, Julian. Uh, for a few of you who came in a little bit late, uh, would you please mute your phones uh, so that we could get a clear recording? And to mute your phone, press star number one. The star is on the bottom left of the keys, and then number one. Thank you very much. Okay, ma'am, would you go ahead and please mute your phone? Press star one. Thank you. Not not yet. You almost have it. Okay. I'm sorry about that, Julian. Okay. It was still there. Okay. Would you say your name out loud, everybody, at the count of three? Say your name out loud. Uh, what is the next device for the blind that you have found to be very, very effective? Oh, uh, boy. Um, I, I think you covered two of the most important ones right there is, is the, uh, the smartphone. And I guess by extension, you can see the tablet as well. Uh, and the, these home assistant devices, they, they're just absolutely great. They they get a lot. They help you get a lot accomplished. Uh, and again, what I like is that they are the same devices that everybody else is using. So yeah. it's not a specialized device. It, it's not like you know uh, something that you have to pay thousands of dollars for that only a small segment of the population are using. When when you've got an issue with your Echo, there's plenty of people around who you can ask who also own Echoes and get uh, help that way as well. So it's pretty cool. Now, I have heard uh, of people who have purchased a pair of glasses, and they're called the Aria, Ira, A-I-R-A, glasses. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about those glasses? It's really exciting. Well, Ira, Ira is a service. Uh, they call themselves, what is it, a visual interpreter service, because what they are, is they connect, uh, and they're known for using the smart glasses, but actually you don't even have to use the glasses if you don't want. You can use a camera on your phone even, and it works quite well. But the idea being that uh, they are uh, agents that are specially trained uh, as to how to help people with uh, blindness or visual impairment to accomplish myriad tasks. Uh, People use IRA for things like, uh, you know, color matching their clothes, to grocery shopping, to traveling through the airport, to going to concerts. Uh, most uh, notable things, uh, this year's Super Bowl, for example, there was an IRA. All the people who use the service were called, were called explorers. So there's an IRA explorer at the Super Bowl, and they connect, and they, somebody, uh, IRA themselves, took and, and made that available live to anybody that wanted to stream it on the Internet. So you're getting somebody who's basically describing to you what is what the camera sees. So yeah. what what the camera sees is what's showing up on their screen. But um, they don't just see what's through the camera. They also have access to things like what's around you, 
uh, your your GPS location, what businesses are around, uh, what what the bus stops or your transit points are there. So they can be extremely helpful in many situations. So uh, the IRS service is, is wonderful for that, and they uh, they're recently adding new things all the time. They they recently formed a partnership with Freedom Scientific, so that if you're an IRA explorer. If you have an issue with JAWS, for example, I'm sure we've all encountered this from time to time <laughs> where you're uh, typing away and all of a sudden the voice goes away and your JAWS locks up. And now you have no idea what's happening on that screen. And you're like, what do I do? Well, now, uh, instead of just picking up the phone and calling, free, calling Freedom Scientific who can't uh, have any idea what's happening on your screen because they can't see what's there, you can call Ira and you can let them know, hey, you're having a computer issue with your JAWS. And the, that call is effect, effectively free. Uh, Freedom Scientific picks up the tab for that because oh. the IRS service uh, goes by minutes. So you buy bundles of minutes that you could use for this service. So you can use it for free with Freedom Scientific issues. They are constantly adding uh, what they call site access locations, which means uh, certain airports, for example. When you enter one of those areas, it means that that airport formed a partnership with IRA so that anybody who walks in there and is using the IRA app uh, basically can use the service and not have minutes deducted. And it's also available now to guest users. They recently added that as well, where you could set up a guest account. So even if you don't have a subscription to it, it's a good idea to download the app and take the time to register with them as a guest so that if you ever find yourself in one of these locations where the service is covered, you can use the service for free. They they also do it at the conventions, at the CSUN conference. You know, major significant events like that tend to be uh, covered by IRA. So, wow. I, I I mean, I could probably talk for hours about IRA. <laughs> it's a wonderful service. Well, Julian, I if I understand correctly, they also have different levels of subscription. So, if you don't really need yes. a lot of minutes, you don't have to pay for a lot of minutes. No. You know, and so it it uh, it really depends, and they're constantly changing it. They're, they're trying different things out. Recently, for example, they they had a program, and this was only available during the time of the NFP and ACB conventions. Own only plan, because normally when you sign up for IRA, part of what you're paying for is the use of the glasses and a little MiFi device that provides data, so that you're not using your own data. Because uh, as you can imagine, streaming video can be quite data intensive. And if you've got a plan that doesn't give you unlimited use, you're going to run out of data pretty fast. So uh, the, the regular plans include access to this equipment. But uh, they decided to, as a trial to offer a plan where it's a little bit less and it gives you something like 50 minutes for $50 a month and it's using your phone camera. Now, they, of course, that plan went away at the end of the convention time. But I have a feeling that they're going to evaluate to see how many people signed up, how they're using it, how they're liking it. And it wouldn't surprise me if someday in the future they'll offer something like that again. And Dr. So, Bill? Dr. Bill? Yes. Real, real quickly, I know I don't mean to interrupt, but I just because you guys are talking about the IRA right now, at convention they gave the scholarship winners um, a free subscription to the, to the scholarship winners at ACB. That's great. Wow, yeah. that was very generous. It was very generous. It was wonderful. They were one of the sponsors, and it was really an awesome, awesome opportunity for the scholarship winners. So I just wanted to chime in on that. Wow, that's a good company we want to support. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Hey, Julian, getting back to the IRA. Yeah. Um, you have mentioned that you could either use your own cell phone or they also have a pair of glasses. Now, do you have mm-hmm. to pay for those glasses? Mm-hmm. No, you do not. Uh, as of as of right now, it, it, I don't know what will happen in the future. But as of right now, when you sign up for IRA, the, the glasses and the MiFi, that's all provided to you as part of the subscription cost. So you don't have to pick, take money out of your pocket to buy these glasses. The, the use of the glasses is all factored into what they're charging you. Wow. Now, I, I have heard of another type of application for the smartphones that is very similar, and it's called Be My Eyes. Oh, yeah. Have you had any experience with Be My Eyes? Yes, uh, I certainly have. And Be My Eyes is a wonderful service as well. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I, as I understand it, I don't think Ira even looks at them as a competitor or whatever. It's more like a, a good uh, partner, a good additional tool to have in the toolbox because the Ira is a service that only runs during certain times of the day. Um where Be My Eyes runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, the, one of the main differences between Be My Eyes and Ira is that Be My Eyes is made up all of volunteers. So when somebody goes and downloads the Be My Eyes app, one of the first things they're asked is, are you a blind person who's looking to, to, to receive assistance, or are you somebody who wants to volunteer to help blind people who, who want assistance? So anybody can sign up to be a volunteer to be my eyes, which is a wonderful thing. Cause I know I've recommended it to people all the time, especially uh, people who have uh, kids in, in, in the scouts and things like that, where they're looking to do constructive voluntary things. So these are all wonderful things that you, where, that somebody could volunteer and then do. Someone, for example, who maybe uh, maybe had some some major surgery and is going to be homebound for a while and needs something to do. What a, what a great way to to, to be productive while you're at home is to uh, volunteer for one of these services. So uh, it's made up of volunteers, and they do a wonderful job as well. Obviously, there's no equipment other than your phone, so it's just your phone and the app that you download to it. But it works uh, It works very well. It, it really comes down to this, and I'll, this is just my personal view of it, so I, I, I just want to make that clear. It's just my own opinion here. The way I, The way it really comes down to me is, uh, when I ask assistance of IRA, I know that I'm speaking to somebody who's been trained to uh, provide assistance to somebody uh, who's visually impaired, somebody who has access to a profile that, that's been uh, developed or notes have been taken about the kinds of help that I need, you know, maybe if I like verbose or not so verbose instructions, things like that. Uh, these are people who also sign a non-disclosure agreement. So... Uh, you know, I, I personally feel a little safer uh, if I'm going to be showing paperwork or things like that that are a little bit of a more personal nature, if I'm going to be having them helping me with something professionally. Uh, where Be My Eyes is, I look at it more as when you ask the random person on the street for assistance. And not to say that that's a bad thing, because I've gotten some great help from strangers on the street in, in various situations. But, you know, a stranger on the street is not likely to be somebody who's been trained to, to know how to give us directions and, and give us the assistance that we need sometimes. So they're, they're both really great services, and I think that everybody should uh, have them both in their toolbox. Hey, Julian, when you're using your your smartphone with Be My Eyes, 
And one of the key points is that you are you really need to be able to hear them and they need to be able to hear you clearly. Do you recommend that we would purchase uh, earbuds that has a microphone on there so there would be less background noise if we're outside on the street? Or is it better just to bring the phone closer so that we could hear it and they could hear us? Which is a better result? I think it it, um, it depends on, on your personal situation. I like to use either the, the earbuds that came with the iPhone or a Bluetooth uh, earpiece that I like a lot because uh, I like to be able to have the thing in my ear. I, I like to not necessarily have a, a, a voice blaring out of a speaker, potentially disrupting people around me and such. But I know that there are people who have hearing difficulties, and for them, uh, an earbud is not such a practical thing. So they have to use things like either the phone speaker or a, um, a standalone little speaker that they can either plug into their phone or even a Bluetooth speaker. They, they sell little lapel speakers that some people use. Um, they've got uh, bone conduction uh, well that you can use, and, and for some people that's been helpful. So it really, um, it just really depends on one's case use and what one's hearing and uh, needs are. But uh, you can you can use it in, in all the ways. Now, what are some other types of cell phone applications for smartphones? that you have encountered this year and that you think are really very helpful? Well, um, I have to say, I mean, other than the ones that we've mentioned, uh, one that, that's come about uh, fairly recently, which is kind of like a revived version of an old app that I really like a lot, is a, is a new type of keyboard called FlickType. Um, some of you may remember from years ago there was a keyboard called Flexi for iOS. And this is a keyboard that allows you to type on a screen somewhat similar to how sighted people type on the screen because instead of moving your finger around and looking for a letter to then lift your finger to enter it or to double tap or split tap depending on uh, your typing mode preference, with the with this type of keyboard, you're basically uh, tapping on the screen roughly where you think the letters are. And the keyboard has a very powerful algorithm that does an amazing job of trying to predict what it is that you just typed. So this FlickType keyboard doesn't even have a space bar uh, because effectively what you do is you tap out the words and then you flick right with one finger and that inserts a space bar for you as well as speaks the word that it thinks you were most likely trying to type. And if it's right, you just keep going and you type the next word. If it wasn't right, you flick down with one finger and now it's going to give you the next likely choice and the next likely choice, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So for me, this keyboard uh, dramatically improves the speed of my typing in, into a touchscreen device. And I was very sad when the, when the Flexi keyboard went away. So this year, right about the same time that the CSUN conference was happening, uh, I see uh, something out there about FlickType, and that it's basically the uh, developers that, that helped to develop the original Flexi keyboard were uh, starting this new project. So, of course, I signed up to be a beta tester, right away and I've been uh, really enjoying it. And what's nice about this keyboard now is that you can uh, you can get the classic version of it, which allows you to type in just like you did with Flexi, where then you would have to copy and paste the text in what you wanted it to go. Or they now have the ability to offer a system-wide keyboard so that when you open up a text field, it automatically would bring up the Flick-type keyboard and I could just start typing away. 
And that particular version of it does require a subscription. It's like 99 cents a month, which I think is nothing wow. considering the, uh, the productivity that I'm getting out of it. Yeah. So it's, I, for me, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> as simple as it sounds, it's one of the most significant apps that I've come across this year as of yet. Wow. Flick type, F-L-I-C-K. Yeah. T-Y-P-E. T-Y-P-E, yes. All one word. I remember that. And it was, you know, at first there's a little learning curve, but uh, within a couple of days, it really became very, very quick. Yeah, it's like anything else. You just practice with it, and uh, it doesn't take long at all to get good at entering text with flick type. Now, you also did just mention right now something that I have not purchased yet, and that is a Bluetooth ear earphone earpiece. Uh, what particular type did you find, and, and is this one that you have found to be better than others? Because I know what type of research you go through looking for these things. Uh, what did you buy? I still haven't bought one for a while. I've been using the same Plantronics Voyager Edge that I've been using now for, gosh, the last three or four years now. <laughs> and that thing just keeps on going. Plantronics makes awesome equipment, and I like their build quality. I like how they stand behind their products. So for me, this is a single ear piece. I know some people like the two-ear thing, but I personally like to have my ears open so that I can hear what's going on around me at the same time. So I tend to favor single earpiece units. So this is a single earpiece. It sits right on the opening of my ear, so it doesn't have to go into my ear, which means that as I'm walking down the street, I can be hearing my GPS app information and still hear the traffic around me. So for me, it's a great headset. It's got great noise canceling, so it does a really good job of filtering out a lot of the noises in the background. When I've been talking to people on the phone, they say that they can't, uh, even when I'm around a lot of loud traffic, I ask them, say, do you hear that noise? And they're like, eh, I kind of hear something, but it's not that much. So I'm a big fan of Plantronics. I'm, I'm certain that they've come up with a newer version, a newer design of that version of the headset. Uh, but uh, the, for right now, that's what I'm actually using, the Plantronics Voyager Edge, which I'm sure you could probably still find them on Amazon, and I'm going to guess now you probably get them for about 50 bucks or so if I have to estimate. But don't quote me on it. <laughs> hey, Julian, also, can you uh, tell us, is there still this huge sale? I believe it was yesterday. Amazon had a huge sale, and is that something that's still going on? From what I heard, the Prang Day was supposed to be a 36-hour event, so it's possible that if it's still going, it's probably not going to be around much longer. But also important to note uh, is that other outfits were matching it or offering sales of their own to compete with Amazon. Yeah, that's really a a way that, you know, you could really save. And things are really changing, though. I have to say things are changing so much in the sense that people are buying things through Amazon, and it's really, at least here in Los Angeles, we have Sears closing down. We have uh, Best Buys that are either shutting down or consolidating uh, we, we, we don't have Toys R Us stores anymore. And even one of the larger malls that's near UCLA called the Westside Pavilion has closed down and gone out of business. So it's it's really, really different. And uh, that that is very beneficial to be able to order things through Amazon or other places. But 
how do you recommend that we try something? Let's say that somebody did want to actually try a, a Plantronic earphone and wanted to actually try it and hear it. How can people try these at, at different stores? Do they allow you to do that? Um, some do, some don't. And like you mentioned, uh, retail, you know, it's changing, it's changing big. And it is getting harder and harder to find places. And I imagine certain small smaller cities, smaller towns, uh, that really leaves people in a bit of a bind. You know, those of us here in cities like L.A. are a little spoiled because it's like, all right, so one Best Buy closes, but a, a mile away or two miles away, there's probably another one. But uh, to other people, it's like once that closes, it, it's gone, and there's nothing else for maybe 20, 30 miles that can come close. So you do have to consider uh, the online uh, uh, marketplace to try to things out. What I will say about Amazon is that uh, I, I found them to be very uh, cooperative with regard to uh, I buy something, I try it, and if I really don't like it, if it didn't meet my needs, for whatever reason, they're usually pretty good about accepting returns. And they make it pretty easy to do. You know, they, they'll send you a uh, an email label, and you just take that and print it out and stick it to the box. And you can call up, uh, you know, whoever it was that delivered it or whoever it is that that label's covered by. And a lot of times they'll even just come to your house and pick up the package. Oh, wow. Is that usually a 30-day uh, type of return policy, or is it the first week? Do you have to be very prompt with it? Um, you know, I always say it's good to read the fine print before you make the purchase. But generally speaking, I think it's usually a 30-day thing. Okay, great. Well, if you don't mind, Julian, I want to share uh, with the audience, people there who do have some vision, there are a few new devices that are available that I've been very impressed with. And, Julian, you may have seen these as well. So, uh, the first one is called the Iris Vision Glasses. And, Julian, have you actually had a chance to try that? You know, when I was at CSUN this year, I have to tell you, I, I was amazed at how many of these wearables were out there. Uh, it's not just eSight anymore. There's uh, a lot of uh, newcomers coming out of the market. And there's even apps out there that I've seen that use uh, something called, if you've heard of Google Cardboard, no. Or things like that, where it's kind of like a really cheap sort of goggle, uh, almost like imagine. Remember view, remember the viewfinders when you were a kid, and you yeah. put the little round disc in there, and you flick the thing, and, and you could see a different thing through the eye sockets. Well, it, they, it's a similar thing where you slide your phone into a, a certain slot, and it lines up with the uh, with the eye uh, sockets there. And you can actually view things, and, and there's content that's made. It's it's primarily made to show you stuff in 3D or different effects. But I've seen apps where you could uh, run along with these things and effectively turn uh, your your smartphone in this little $15 uh, folded cardboard thing that you can put in <laughs> into something that's. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the same quality as these sites because it's not. There's a huge price difference there. But, you know, if, if one is curious about trying out one of these solutions before plunking down some big bucks, that might be something to play with. Wow. God, yes. Yeah. So it really shows things are becoming more affordable because actually when eSight was released, I would say maybe it's been three years now. Uh, when I first saw the eSight glasses, I was just so impressed. 
And this is a headband that you wear, and it does have a high-resolution camera. These screens that you look at right where the front of your glasses would be. And you could focus far. You could focus close. You could increase the contrast. You could change the magnification. You could change the brightness if you're bothered by the glare. And they were just fantastic. But the problem was they were $15,999. And uh, I told them, because it was my friend who was actually the CEO of the company, I said, this is great for a lot of patients, but most people just cannot afford it. And then they lowered it to $9,999. And then another company called New Eyes came out with a similar product, which was about $6,000. But this year, Iris Vision came out with one that I think is really very, very unique in the sense that it is lighter in weight, there are no wires, and it has a wider field of view. And this one is $2,500. So you could see that the prices of these things are really much less. And with these particular types of wearables, it really is very versatile because you could take it wherever it is that you want to. And one of my patients who did purchase one, he said, Dr. Bill, as soon as I got these, I told my wife to take me to the buffet. <laughs> he wanted to see all the different foods in the buffet line over there in Las Vegas. And he said it was just so wonderful to see, you know, actually see the food and pick out the foods that he wanted to eat. So the iris vision glasses are really something that uh, a person with some vision should really check it out, and I think it could be very helpful. Now, another type of technology device that is very, very nice, I'm very impressed with, and this is a desktop video magnifier or a CCTV, Optilec, and this is called the Clearview Speech C, letter C, and it has a flat screen monitor, which is, I would estimate it's at least 22 inches wide in diagonal width. But in addition to all the things that it could normally do, this has very high capability with speech. So if you received a letter in the mail or a bill, you simply put it on the table and it will immediately identify and it will scan it, take a picture, and it will automatically interpret what language it is. So it's able to read in over 30 languages. And it is a very, very, very nice machine. And I think it, it is something that it is uh, at a higher level as compared to the resolution and the detail compared to all of the other older CCTVs. Now, this one, it's $38.95, so it is a bit more expensive. And that's why a lot of people, even though they like this machine, I've seen a lot of people choose the Iris Vision instead because it is something that is more portable. These desktop models, you really cannot easily take it from one place to another. Uh, but, Julian, uh, do you have any other types of visual aids or software 
that you'd like to share for people who are partially sighted? Well, you know, something else that you can think about is, and if your vision permits it, it could be a great sort of workaround, is now, you know, these large screen TVs have really come down in price so much. And a lot of times you can hook up your phone to the TV and use that in a way as a, as a magnifier or a way to show something a lot green. So, hey, how do you, you know, do it, that? How do you do that? I've never tried it. They have, well, they have cords that you can use to connect to, to uh, from the phone to the TV. They also have wireless ways of doing that. For example, there's a thing called uh, Chromecast that Google sells, and you can use this with an Android phone to effectively make a connection between your phone and the TV, and you can actually see uh, the picture, you know, what's on the screen of your phone shows up on your TV. And that's one way to do it. I think with the Apple TV, if you have the Apple product, I think you can uh, use AirPlay or something like that and effectively make a similar connection between your uh, smart device with its camera onto a larger screen of a TV. So that may be a sort of a, a poor man's CCTV workaround that could work for some. Gee, that is fan- oh, that that seems really easy. It seems very easy to do. And, and you know, I, I should point out too that the iPhone in particular has, and I'm pretty sure I, I think the Android phones have it as well. Uh, they have a screen magnifier built into them, so you can actually bring up a magnifier and find things that way as well on the screen. So one could get fancy and play around with that and, and try to see how it works with the TV. So there's a lot of uh, lot of choices out there, and it's really neat to see the competition in the space where you were just talking about with, the, with these glasses. Uh, they've come down in price, and that has everything to do with competition and also the availability of, of equipment. You know, nowadays we all walk around with a powerful computer in our pocket. We, we think of it as a phone, but really it's so much more. And with the right applications or the right connections, you can make these things do all kinds of amazing stuff for you. Gosh, that's great. Hey, well, Julian, uh, would you be able to take a few questions from our callers? Absolutely. Okay. If any of you have a question for Julian, uh, go ahead and unmute your phone by pressing star 1 and announce your name, and we'll, we'll get as many as you as we can in the remaining time of this program. Any questions? Yes, Dr. Bill, this is Stephen from Connecticut. Hi, Stephen. Uh, how are you? This is very in- informative. I have hearing aids, but I also have what they call a Rogers pen, which is a microphone that I can plug a cable into the TV and it goes right into my hearing aids. And it also has Bluetooth capability. And what I'm wondering, would it's made by Phonak, P-H-O-N-A-K. And the Rogers pen allows me to participate in conferences, but can I use this uh, where you mentioned uh, about the Bluetooth capability? Would that work as well? You know, it, it might. I uh, Because I don't have any hearing disability, I don't really work much with clients that do. It's kind of an area that I'm not as informed about. But uh, it is possible. I know that Apple particularly uh, does a lot to support hearing devices. In fact, something that's coming up in the iOS 12 that's going to be released in September, they're going to have a thing where if you buy their AirPods, which is basically their wireless uh, earbuds, 
you're going to be able to turn on a mode in the accessibility settings that effectively allows you to use your microphone, that your phone is a directional microphone, and it's supposed to be designed to help you. So, like, if you're in a crowded or noisy restaurant and you're sitting next to somebody at a table, that you're going to be able to point the microphone of your phone toward that person speaking and be able to hear them a lot clearer through the uh, Apple AirPods. So you might okay. really want to look into uh, this with Apple. Uh, either call them. They, they have an accessibility department over there at Apple. Um, you know, call them or even go to the Apple store and see what they can uh, help you with because I, I, I have a feeling there may be a solution there. Yeah. My, Roger, my Rogers pen has a way of reducing background noise, and once I give it to the person at the table, I can hear them direct with very little background noise. Right. Wow. Yeah, so it sounds almost like what Apple's doing is is putting that functionality into the next operating system that's going to be available on all the iPhones starting in September. Yeah, that'll be great. Thank you for a very informative session. You're so welcome. Yeah, thank you. That's a good question and uh, sharing that information to us, too, Stephen. Uh, Next question. Uh, Hi, Bill Graham Steele. How are you doing? Great. Hi, Graham. Uh, I wanted to answer that gentleman's question. With Bluetooth uh, ability, you can even connect on to someone else's Bluetooth in their phone, and you can you can hear them directly through your Bluetooth through there, and hear the other person off their other phone. Like if I had if I was sitting here talking to you and my and my and you had a phone that was Bluetooth enabled, I can connect on to your Bluetooth and listen to you talk and bring that through. Wow. Okay. And that's so helpful. I was actually at a restaurant last night, and it was really actually no fun being there. It was so noisy and so much background noise, and it was tile floors, everything echoed, and you could barely talk to the person. Uh, So, you know, using something like that, even if you have normal hearing, uh, it could be very helpful. Thank you, Graham. Appreciate that. Next question. Uh, there was a woman first. Uh, who was Denise. that woman? Denise. Denise, hi. Go hi. ahead and ask me your question. Hi, Julian. Um, do you have any exposure with Soundscape or the Scene AI, Scene AI app um, that were developed by Microsoft? Have you used either of those? I do, and I love those apps a lot. It's, uh, you know, I, I wish this was a longer program because <laughs> there's so many apps that I like. But th- those, those apps have absolutely been revolutionary. Seeing AI in particular, it's replaced a lot of apps for me that I that I used to use all the time. Uh, the Soundscape, I, I played with that a little bit. My only issue with Soundscape is that it requires something in both your ears, and okay. I kind of like to fo- focus my hearing mostly on what's around me. But I'll tell you, I, I did a test. My Whoa. girlfriend and I and another friend of ours, when we were at the CSUN conference, we did a test. Uh, our friend used the Victor Trek. My girlfriend was using Seeing uh, 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 Soundscape. And yeah. I was using Nearby Explorer from APH. And we were trying to find a particular uh, little burger place there in, in the uh, in the Seaport Village. Right. And it's not a place that can easily be found because it's not right on the street. It's it's way mm-hmm. in into a place. And... Uh, both the uh, the, uh, the the uh, the 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 uh, the Microsoft uh, app, Soundscape app, as well as the Nearby Explorer app, did pr- 
pretty darn good at getting us right close enough to the building that all we needed to do was say, hey, is this the, the burger place? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, the Victor I'm... truck didn't do quite so well, but um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how that works. The reason why I asked Julian is because I have um, an Android phone, and I I don't have an iPhone, and um, I'm thinking of switching to iPhone in order to have access to both of those um, both of those applications because of it. So I you know I just I don't know anyone who's utilizing Soundscape, but it sounds exciting to me. Thank you for the information. Uh, and, and what I can give you by way of advice is write to Microsoft. Make your voice heard. There are a lot of people who are doing so, and I say it can't hurt to add one more to the chorus. The more they hear from people on the Android side that want it, the greater the likelihood that someday they'll bring it there. But you might end up being like me, and you just have to carry one of each phone. <laughs> so basically, those apps... Uh, the Scene AI and was it Nearby Explorer? They are really yeah. designed to help you with uh, locating points of interest. Yeah, and they do so very differently. I mean, they're, they're both the, the the way we were using them. We were we were using what you would call the getting warmer way of finding something, where it's telling you, okay, it's so many feet away from you at this direction or at this, you know, this many degrees or this o'clock or, or to your right or the left. But the way Soundscape works, it's very differently, and this is why you need both ears, because it's doing it in stereo. And it's really spooky the first time you download this app and you listen to it uh, with the headphones plugged in, because all of a sudden you think you're hearing voices behind you and to the side of you and whatever. And what it really is, is it's telling you where each of these uh, locations are, but from the direction that the voice is coming from. So it's orienting you based on, on sound. Oh, okay. Wow. And when you start to turn your your body toward that direction with the phone in front of you, it now sounds like the voice is coming from in front of you. And it's, it's giving you little beeps and little sounds like that to indicate that you're getting closer and closer. Uh, what are the pr- prices or the price range of each of these apps? Well, the, the, the Microsoft apps are the best because they're completely free. <laughs> There's no charge at all for them. Are they really? And I should mention, yeah. And, and just to, to say real quick, the, the Seeing AI app, in this app, it's like a Swiss Army knife of things. You've got things like our, our short text reader, which attempts to, in real time, read text, whatever is in front of the camera at that moment. It's got barcode reading. It's got the, the regular OCR, like where you hold it above a piece of paper, and as soon as it detects the four edges, it takes the picture and starts reading to you. It's got a color identifier. It's got a bill identifier. It even has a mode where it tries to read handwriting, and it does sort of decent job reading some handwriting, which no other OCR app that I know of can do or even come close to at this point. Uh, it, it's got, uh, it, it's even got a thing where you take a picture and you can teach it to recognize someone's face. So if you if you oh. see it in a crowd, it can point it out to you. It's oh, got where wow. you can take a picture of a room and it tries to identify the furniture or the items that it sees. It's a really neat app. It's 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 great and it's free. Um, nearby or seeing AI, seeing AI yes, yeah. it's also free. Yeah, yeah, it's free. Oh gosh, that's yeah. Wonderful. These are great apps. These are great apps. And and um, nearby Explorer is made by American Printing House for the Blind. So this is a GPS app 
that's made specifically for us to give us the information that we need as blind travelers. There's two versions of it. They have an online version, which is free, and that one is primarily an orientational app. It, it won't give you turn-by-turn directions, but you can do the getting warmer kind of stuff with, with that orientational app. And then they've got one that has maps that you download to your device, and that one costs $79 because that's because they have to pay for the maps to put that you're getting access to. But that one's nice because that way it's not dependent on you having a connection to the cell tower. You can you can put your phone in airplane mode and still use this version of of nearby explorer to to get directions for things. Oh boy. Those are really great. Okay, let's see. We had a gentleman who was on the call had a question for Julian. That was me, Edward. Go right ahead, Edward. Thank you. Yes. Are, would you care to comment on uh, OrCam? OrCam. Yes. OrCam is another wonderful device. It uh, does some of this very same stuff that we're talking about, except that it's, it is a standalone device. Uh, the newest version of it, the 2.0, is extremely tiny. It, it literally, with a magnet, sticks onto a pair of glasses. And you can use it to do uh, some of the same stuff where you can teach it to recognize faces. You can teach it. You can make it uh, read things to you. Uh, they say that it's that it's usable by everybody, blind or, or, or partials alike. But I personally, in my experience, have found that it's a, people who have some vision are going to have, uh, have much better luck getting it to do what you need it to do. Uh, because one of the things that it lets you do is you can literally uh, hold your finger in front of the camera and point it to some text, and it's smart enough to know, okay, is that little bit of text right there? Let me read that aloud. So it's pretty cool. It has barcode scanning. It's, uh, it's got neat stuff like that. So it's a wonderful uh, standalone device, but it's not cheap. <laughs> uh, a follow-up question. You have so much uh, wonderful information, and this industry keeps growing. Is there any place that sort of uh, consolidates this or keeps track of what's coming and that sort of thing? Well, I'll tell you how I do it. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I um, I attend conferences like CSUN. I try to stay in the know. I, I sign up to mailing lists uh, of people that discuss various things, like there's an iPhone mailing list that's very popular around the world. There's uh, the Android uh, Ice Free list. Uh, there's a blind phone list from Jonathan Mosin. There's, there's all kinds of mailing lists that you can get on. And I know that they can get kind of busy at times, but that, for me, is, is one of the, the best ways to kind of stay in the know with this stuff. And if you're going to join mailing lists, my, my advice is create a miscellaneous account. Don't do it with your personal account or your work account because your inbox is going to get flooded. <laughs> yes, that's true. Edward, do you have the OrCam? Uh, no, sir. I was uh, one of the testers a couple of years ago when Mayo was considering carrying it, and that was a, an earlier version. But I have thought about it. Great, great. What is the price of that, Julian? I think it's somewhere like forty-five hundred dollars. So uh, actually, they've cheap. got they've got some phases. That's the full featured version. They've got a, a twenty-five and a thirty-five hundred as well. Okay, great. In wow. the, the two point is that the the older one, the one point uh, Two point is has the wireless. It gets rid of the gets rid of the yeah. wire. And that's why it's that much. The the, the 1.0 has the wire and a, and a control pad. So, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. We'll go ahead and take one more question. You know, Julian, you're right. We, we wish we had more time. We'll just have to have you back again. All right? 
we we just we're just gonna have to do a, a marathon, an all day marathon. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. All right, let's see. Is there anybody else who has a question for Julian? Is there a talking uh, thermostat that uh, I, I guess the smart thermostat? Other than talking, well, there are other thermostats out there that now you can connect to with your phone, and depending on how accessible the app is, uh, will determine how uh, how usable it is. But but the, I've heard of blind people using them. Uh, the I think the Nest thermostat; those are pretty popular. Uh, but I, I don't have a lot of experience with those. I, I couldn't really have enough information to point you in that direction. I would tell you to just uh, get out there and just do some Googling and uh, type in blind-friendly uh, smart thermostats and see what, that's where I would start. Okay, thank you. Great. Hey, well, Julian, this has been really very, very helpful. And before that we end, uh, I also want to say Big thanks to our, our past president, Leslie Spoon, who has done a, a wonderful job with CCLVI and supporting these podcasts. So thank you, Leslie, very much for everything that you've done, and uh, uh, we're glad that you're still going to be helping us out. Thank you. And, uh, Julian, can you give us your contact information if anybody wants to email you and uh, call you if they have any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is what I do for a living. So I, I teach, I consult, I <laughs> help people with this stuff when they need it. So uh, one of the best ways to find me is my website, www.techjv.com. That's www.techj, J as in John, V as in Victor, .com. Uh, there you'll find my contact info. There's a link there. You can email me if you want. If you want to contact me via phone, uh, that can be done by calling area code 818-794-9555. Once again, 818-794-9554. Great. Again, thank you so much, Julian. And uh, until next month, we'll see you all soon then. Thank you.